listening to She's a Powerhouse. My name is Holly Calloway, and I'm here to share with you some stories of ordinary women who have done some extraordinary things in hopes that you'll get comfortable being uncomfortable, be okay with pushing your boundaries, and do some extraordinary things yourself. Today, we're interviewing Carrie Anderson of Cardio Dance Babes in Greenville, South Carolina. Carrie started a business in the middle of a pandemic, which I feel like may be a recurring theme as we go along with the show because some badass women did some badass things while the world was shut down. Um, but she is the very first one that we are going to interview. She did uh, started Cardio Dance Babes in June of 2020, so it's been open for seven months. She has over 50 members, and Carrie has a history of uh, being a nurse, which is fucking phenomenal, as a psych nurse okay. and a peds nurse, which takes a whole different kind of human being, and a background in coaching with whole life entrepreneurship. Like I said, during the pandemic, decided to switch gears do a hard pivot and open an online dance community, which has been going amazing. Carrie, I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited too. I could not have picked a better human being, I don't think, to do the very first podcast recording of She's a Powerhouse because, girl, you are the epitome of a powerhouse. You are everything in my eyes. I love anytime you're like, I'm not all the things. Yeah, you are. You are. Well, thank you. Can you be here every morning at like 7 a.m. to tell me that? Because we'll do a voice recording. I'll just send you a little video that's like, Carrie, you're a badass. Get after it today. Awesome. (laughs) So I want to start today with brag on cardio dance babes for a while. Tell me about it and how awesome it is and how you got started doing that. Yeah. So I'm Carrie Anderson again, and I am the co-owner and managing partner of Cardio Dance Babes. Cardio Dance Babes is an online dance fitness community, and we offer women a safe place to sort of be where they are in their life and fitness journeys and be able to do online workouts from home in a safe environment much in the way that you would in a gym, but um, we we try and create more of a community aspect than a lot of big name gyms do because we have found that our members are much more successful when they have a, a community around them to support them in their goals. So that's what we do. And we love it. We love it. We love it. I have two partners, Reagan and Vanessa, and they're rock stars. You guys are all rock stars. And I've loved watching your community grow. So I got to have the privilege of being here from the inception of this and kind of watching it happen, um, which is an amazing story. It's one of those things I feel like we're going to look back and be like, I was there at the beginning. Uh, it's just, it is it is really neat, though, Let's hope. Let's watching, hope. <laughs> watching that community grow and how there, I mean, there is something special about... Um, being able to share common goals and um, celebrations with each other and being able to be open and in that safe space. And I absolutely love that. So what pushed you during, I mean, we were smack in the middle of quarantine, if I remember right. And this is a very quarantine friendly business for sure. But you started a freaking business in the middle in the middle of a pandemic quarantine. What pushed that? What made that happen? Um, that's a little bit of a backstory. (laughs) So COVID hit my family very hard. Um, my husband and I had been running a separate business together. We've been working on something called whole life entrepreneurship for two years and, um, we absolutely loved it. 
he had recently sold a cybersecurity company and like we had felt like we'd won the game. Yay, entrepreneurship. And uh, COVID hit and shit hit the fan. Um, and I think that when I have to tell the story, I have to at least pat myself on the back a little bit humbly and say, you know, one of the things that I feel like I am good at and I think that I'm good at it probably because of my nursing career is being good in a crisis. Um, and so there's a little bit of, okay, yeah, things are going sideways. What can we do? So meanwhile, you know, our businesses are kind of falling apart. Our kids are home and on top of us, we cannot leave the house. Um, what can we do? And so that's kind of how Cardio Dance Babes was born. Frankly, in a lot of ways, Cardio Dance Babes saved me because it started out sort of as this fun project of like, you know, instead of cleaning out your closet, I started a community um, during the pandemic. And then it magically transformed overnight into a bigger thing. Um, so yeah, it, it has been quite a journey for sure. That is amazing. Sure. And what would you attribute that community growth? That was not magic berry dust woman. <laughs> <laughs> I I love the humility. I so do. And you never give yourself enough credit. And I, I do love that about you. But you, I mean, you and Vanessa and Reagan put in so much work. But what do you attribute that community growth to? Um, the community growth, I would say, is part and due to my background. So when my husband, Adam, and I, and again, I, I never really considered myself to be much of an entrepreneur, really. I, I always jokingly say, like, I call entrepreneurship like it was a cold because my husband was the one who was always about business, always about, like, doing the next thing. When we, when we first started dating, um, he was in IT and I was in nursing school. But, I mean, even back then, he was like, ooh, we could start this jewelry business. Ooh, we could put ATMs in hotels. Ooh, we could like start a carpet cleaning business. I mean, like a million gazillion things. And he, uh, he ended up starting his own company called Palmetto Security Group. And it was focused sort of like on the cybersecurity side of certain IBM products. And it grew and um, turned into its own beautiful little monster. But while I was, while he was doing that, I was kind of like at home with the kids trying to figure out exactly, not that I wasn't happy for his success. I was very happy for his success, but it was a little bit of like, I was the wind beneath your wings for a long time. And so I started trying really hard to sort of find my own thing. And one of the ways in which I found my own thing was, um, being in community in a church, in a local church here. And so I started working with other couples and other women um, in my church community and frankly got really good at building communities in that way and pulling stuff out of people. But I think also because I have a background in psych nursing that, you know, I can kind of pull things out of people in a way that maybe other people don't think to do it. And so I think that that also attributed 
to the ability to grow a group, but also in the middle of all this, especially back when my husband was working and traveling a lot and he's like sending me selfies from the top of the Eiffel Tower and I'm like covered in baby puke right and honest to goodness honest to goodness it uh it made for some very stressful years in our relationship so in the earlier years of my kids lives there was a lot of bitterness and resentment because I didn't feel like I could have my own thing because part of my job was facilitating my husband's business, like making life line up so that he could go run his business. And so I was sort of in a really ugly place in those particular years. And so I was working really hard to try and figure out, okay, well, what about this? Can I change? So I started going to the gym. I started going to the gym and I found gym friends and um, tried really hard to figure out how to like use the weird devices and um, dumbbells are heavy. And I was really intimidated by other instructors and women that I was, you know, kind of looking up to in these fitness facilities. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be them. So when I built Cardio Dance Babes with Vanessa and Reagan, we were really, really intentional about, listen, you're going to get this from our living room to your living room. You're going to see me eat ice cream occasionally. You're going to see us be real women. Um, You're going to see Vanessa doing this alongside doing a full-time job, you're going to see Reagan managing her fitness life alongside her being a mom of four and a type one diabetic. You're going to see us living real, you know, 40 plus soccer mom lives alongside our own personal fitness journeys. And we're going to help you see that you can do all the things you can be the superwoman. You can, uh, manage life and home, and you can still show up for yourself at the end of the day. And I think the realness of that is what has not just built a community, but knit a community together, because that was something that, you know, you don't see at a gym. I myself have gone to a CrossFit gym and was just like looking at all of these super women, like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm never going to be able to measure up to that. And it was so defeating. And we just wanted to create a space that was for all women of all ages, of all body types and love on them and give them a place to believe in themselves and remember themselves and show up for themselves. So I think that that's, that's been a lot of, of how and why that community is so tight knit. It is really interesting how that comes up when groups of women. So obviously the podcast is she's a powerhouse. Like we talk about women often (laughs) and women's struggles and journeys and whatever. And I feel like we feel so isolated so often, like finding a community or, or how many of us have built communities because we couldn't find the community that we were looking for. But as soon as we build that community, it just people flock to it, right? Because they feel so alone in whatever they're going through. And how often we 
do we isolate ourselves? Do we feel isolated because of societal standards? I mean, I don't, I don't know that I have an answer for that, but um, <laughs> I think it's, it's just, it just feels so common and so heavy, I think, as women to feel like you're doing everything alone so often, especially Absolutely. when your husband's in Paris and you're covered in baby puke. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> well, so in, 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 in the more recent years, as Adam and I were working together on this other side project, I mean, I was able to get a lot of the skills needed to do a startup. I, I had a very biosmosis sort of education in business when I came into whole life entrepreneurship because, you know, he was off schmoozing and doing all kinds of things, but I got to, I got to tag along occasionally and, you know, sit beside some random millionaire at a banquet in like my target dress and charm him with my Southern accent. And so I, I just sat and absorbed a lot of stuff. Um, so when we, when we started doing whole life entre entrepreneurship, we were playing in a lot of the networks that Adam had already built. Mm -hmm. So he was already a standout member in those networks and so it's, we jokingly called me the Senator's wife because I was just like the, <laughs> you know, and so when I came in with trying to be a serious, like take me seriously kind of person on the forefront in these networks, I found it really challenging because I couldn't connect with these people. Mm -hmm. They were Adam's people. They weren't my people. And so when, when I was introdu introduced to the powerhouse, I was just like, oh, well, here's some local people that I can maybe connect with. And I'd even tried other local groups here to Greenville and just had not found like my, mm, uh, you know, everything's better with the buddy. And I did not know that I was missing biz besties. I mean, that's what we call ourselves, right? Sure. Is I didn't know that that was something that I was missing. So I was actually already in the powerhouse when the concept of cardio dance babes came along. So it was also so opportunistic and so fortuitous that alongside of the education that Adam had given me um, in the years that we'd worked together in our bigger company and in the years that we had worked together for whole life entrepreneurship, then coupled with the education that I got from you, Holly, and the other women in support from the powerhouse, I was just like all the input, all the input, all the input. And at the end of the day, when it came to like, oh my gosh, Cardio Dance Babes is actually a viable idea. This is like a real idea. Like, I think I actually brought it to you and was like, am I out of my freaking mind? Is this a thing? And you were like, it's absolutely a thing. Do it. I mean, not that my husband wasn't supportive, but it was, it was a group of women standing behind me and saying, you can do this. You can actually, you could actually make something out of this. But even in, even in those circumstances, there was a lot of like, okay, but now I'm not going to have Adam to fall back on. You know, I've always sort of been the wind beneath your wings. What does it mean for me to step into the spotlight a little bit? What would, and I mean, even with having partners, you, you know, we, 
we can't any one of us stand out a whole, whole lot. So we have to be very, very intentional, intentional about how we present ourselves. So it's been kind of tricky to figure out how in the overwhelm of all of this stuff, all of the working pieces that it takes to run a startup and to do it from the ground up, where to even start. So, I mean, challenging is an understatement. Uh, challenging in the midst of a pandemic has uh, has really leveled it up for sure. But I was able to, I think, to take my like super annoyingly analytical brain and take a step back a little bit in um, in that overwhelm and pick out the first few pieces right and then figure out whatever the next steps were going forward. I didn't have a team of people to help me run cardio dance babes. I didn't have a ton of money. I didn't have somebody to build my website. I didn't have somebody, you know, I didn't have any of those things. It was just like, all right, well, if I were going to start, where would I start? And it was that network of women who were like, right here, start, start here. And I was like, okay. And you know, the, the next, the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So would you say that that was amongst your biggest struggles with getting started. I mean, we've all got points, right? We've got things we're really great at. We have things that we're not great at. And then when you throw it all kind of in a, I almost said cauldron. I don't know why. (laughs) 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 When you throw it all in kind of a pot together, like there are lots of, there are lots of things that could come up, come to surface as, holy shit, I didn't even know this was going to be a problem, but I'm really struggling here. What were those things for you? Like, what did you learn? What did you overcome? What did it feel like to overcome the all, all that's in my head right now is MailChimp. I swear, like, that is the only, like, that is just, all I can see are, so full disclosure, if you happened to go all the way back to the first episode of this podcast ever, I chose Carrie because I know Carrie, obviously, at this point, Adam and I work together, <laughs> Carrie and I have worked together, and they're, all of the struggles, I mean, I was there for the inception, and all of the struggles would be like, I'm going to throw the computer out the window today. And we were like, what's today? Like, why today? And she's like, I'm not asking for help on this one from anybody. I'm going to figure it out. Like, you have tenacity. <laughs> like, no human I've ever met where you're just like, no, I got this. It might take me four days, but I'm going to figure it out. But And there, there are people who tech is like second nature. They just pop on and they're like, oh, click, 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 click. And it's done. And then there are those of us who are like, this is new. I don't know what to do with this. It's like another language. But and then there are, you know, the person who sucks at tech or is great at tech sucks at being social. And so their, you know, marketing is the issue. So for you, what were those things that came to surface where you were like, this is the sticking point? This is the thing I'm not sure I'm gonna get over. Definitely tech is a been a big barrier. Tech has been a huge barrier. Um because there are so many things that have to integrate. Uh, and as one thing they don't, let me just say, <laughs> one thing they don't freaking tell you when you get your ass into this is that you have to be an expert at everything. So it's like being a mom where you have to be the taxi driver and you have to be the house cleaner and you have to be the cook. It's like that in entrepreneurship too. So I didn't know I was going to have to learn how to edit video. I didn't know I was going to have to be so careful with my schedule 
so that things don't fall through the cracks. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know that I was going to have to suck at building sales systems. I didn't know that that was something that I sucked at. I know now that that is something that I suck at and I am currently working on. There you go. Um, I was I waiting for it. I was like, don't you leave it there. Don't you dare. Uh, and also I didn't know how much of myself I was going to have to put into every single thing and do it without a ton of attachment. So a lot of these things that you're ending up doing and building and creating all the time, content, emails, like I, I end up producing, I don't know, three or four videos that go into our library every week. So it's, I didn't know that I was going to have to create a piece of art. something that I put my blood, sweat and tears into for whatever took me eight hours during that terrible tech day for it to maybe get seen by three people. So, and then you have to continuously do it without burning out on it. Oh yeah. So it's just the doing all of the stuff all the time and uh, sort of being very careful about how much personal stuff you put in, put into a thing because you're going to have to recreate it. Facebook ads, man. (sighs) Uh, that's another thing I did not know I was going to have to become an expert at. So, right. You and know, they're, they're like, just little things like that. There's a reason Facebook ads expert is like a job title because that thing is a, a full time job. job all by itself. And you're right. All the uh-huh. things you have to learn. Do things get easier for you as you repeat them, including the emotional part? Uh-huh. Like, has that gotten easier to go? Okay. So instead of t- taking me eight hours, it took me two. And instead of feeling like, I put everything into this. Like I put in enough for it to be great, but it's not my, you know, it's not my masterpiece. It's not my David or whatever. So when I was in nursing, I got very good at procedures. Um, I like a good procedure. I do. I, I spend, I spend, uh, you know, a long time coming up with an exact little formula so that by the time I'm done with that, I can easily replicate that formula over and over again. So a thousand percent, yes. Then what happens is say, you know, the first time you start doing email marketing or whatever, and you sit there and you batch two months worth of email marketing and you feel like your brain is about to explode. Okay, by the time you get to the third month of email marketing, you're like three sentences, but they're exactly right. And you know how to use the right kind of subject lines and you know how to, you know, tweak something just right so that it's not super overwhelming. You know how to say that something without being salesy. So there's a lot of trial and error that goes into a process, but a thousand, thousand, thousand percent, if you continue to work on your own procedures, you have your own little formula it gets like that. Like, for instance, the on-demand library that we have um, for our membership site, again, I upload recordings of our live classes into those for consumption of our members. And I have to put it through an entire, like, processing 
thing to make sure that it, it has all of the song titles on it. So those people get credited and I don't get sued that it has like, you know, a disclaimer. So again, I don't get sued. Like I have to go through and cut out some, certain parts and trim it up and make it sort of pretty. And, and I can do it in less than 15 minutes now right. <laughs> when it used to take me two hours to do one. And it so, almost gets yeah, to the point 100%. where you're like, I'm not going to do this stupid thing anymore. I actually hired somebody out to upload master classes for a while because I was so over it. And then I recognized kind of exactly what you were saying. And I was like, why am I? It is definitely a $10 an hour task. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's definitely something that could get hired out easily. But at the same time, I was like, why are you making this so hard on yourself? Like, it's just a repetitive process. It's exactly what you said. And I want to I want to pull that out of what you were saying because it's something we teach and it's something I feel super passionate about. I think I'm specifically neurodivergent people and it's not just neurodivergent people, but specifically neurodivergent people have a really hard time working for someone else because they don't want to be told what to do. They don't want to be told the best way to do something. They want to figure it out for themselves. And if there's like a faster or more effective way and they don't get to do it that way, they get pissy about it. Right. So those are the people who tend to be entrepreneurs because they're like, I've got a better way to do this or here's something I'm really passionate about. I want to spend my time and energy there. And I'm not going to go into like astrology signs or anything, but there are definitely people who are more prone to, I'm going to do my own thing and I'm going to figure it out for myself. But they also tend to be kids who are people who are like gifted kids in the past, right? Who like got things easy. So like math came super easy to you or like piano came super easy to you and you never really had to practice. You're the kid who never had to do homework, right? And so when something, when something, um, when something comes up in our business where we're like, I'm so overwhelmed. I can't figure this out. It's so frustrating because we don't immediately get it, right? It's the same people. It's the same people who want to do their own thing, but who think that things just come easily to them. And so they get to that point where it's like difficult. And then they like, they stop, they give up. They're like, nope, this wasn't easy. It's definitely easier to just be the sample girl at Trader Joe's and like call it a day. But knowing that, okay, but listen, if you just stop and repeat the process, you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like teaching somebody how to practice. You have to practice some of these things. And But once you learn them, there's this promised land on the other side where yesterday I had one of those days that, like, everything just kind of clicked and it was a good work day, right? Don't happen very often, but every once in a while I had four different projects on the board. I was like, okay, so I need to automate emails for the podcast, like literally for this. I was like, I need the one that um, the producer Nate sends me that says this is what they need on my end for the tech to work. I'm like, great. So I need to get that out first with the Zoom link so that everything runs seamlessly. And then afterwards I need to have a follow-up that invites into a thing, whatever, like get it all working. That whole process. And it took, I had to do it through some of it through, Zoom, some of it through Acuity, some of it through Zapier with my Gmail and his Google Sheet and like whatever, 14 pieces of software, 17 different automations. It wasn't that much, but it felt like it. But the whole thing, the entire thing took me 20 minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but it's all software I've had to learn how to use over the course of time. And it's all automations I've had to learn how to do over time. And I only started using Zapier like two weeks ago. And I wish I'd listened to you, Carrie. You were talking uh -huh. about zaps. I was like, that sounds overwhelming. <laughs> but and I don't want to do it. It is overwhelming at first. It is. It but is. it gets easier, right? And Z like Zapier is tech that's similar enough to other tech that it wasn't as much practice. So the more you get into that stuff, the easier it gets. And I want to pull that out and just like impress that upon anybody who's listening, who happens to be listening to this, who like is thinking about starting a business or has tried in the past and not done well. Like it's just like learning how to, you know, it, who is it? It was one of some kung fu 
whatever, who was like, you need a thousand, you know, a thousand practices on one punch or uh-huh. whatever it was. Like it's that for, I feel terrible. I can't credit that, but it's like that for anything that you do. Like it's almost like teaching entrepreneurs how to practice. I've always been sort of the kind of person in the past who was just like, I give up. I don't want to. And it was maybe three years ago, three or four years ago. I'm not exactly sure when, when I woke up some new year's morning and I was like, why am I the kind of person who never finishes anything that pisses me off. And so I'm working on a book idea for years. And I was just like, if I get one thing done this year, I'm going to finish this damn book. If it's the last thing I do, I'm going to finish this book. And I finished the book and I did. And I published the book and it was, yay. And it was I have fantastic. a signed copy but if it, everybody wants to be super generous. Right now. <laughs> um, but it, it, it proved to me that I can do a lot more than I've ever given myself credit for if I just stuck to it. Yes. My personal health and fitness um, journey has been a lot like that too. I didn't think I could lose 40 pounds. I didn't think that I could lift heavy weight, but like if I stuck out that hour long workout, I actually started seeing progress. I taught myself tenacity. I, and, and I read a book not too long ago, um, called everything is figure outable and everything actually is figure outable. So, I mean, I am a thousand percent the kid who will eventually fit that square peg in a round hole if it's, if it kills me. And here's what I do. Here's what I do. And this is the same thing that I've done with, let's say Zapier or MailChimp or figuring out email marketing is you remember that thing that going on a bear hunt, going on a bear hunt, that thing that we used to do as kids where it was like, okay, if I can't go over it and I can't go under it, then I've got to go around it. So I just keep tweaking, keep twisting until it fits. Um, and then I go on to the next thing, which then again, I'm going to have to keep tweaking and quit, keep testing and keep playing with to see if it works. I do that in my Facebook group. Um, let's see how, what kind of response this gets. Okay, let's A-B test some things in our Facebook ads. Okay, let's test some things out on this specific group of people and see if they really like it. We did that with like our online strength portion of what we offer for cardio dance babes. We weren't sure it was going to work to be able to do a group class with dumbbells over Zoom. We, we weren't sure. It was the first time that anybody we'd known never done anything like this. So we just tried it. And if it worked, okay, cool. We do it better the next time. And so that has always sort of been my mantra and the mantra of, of my partners as well. Like, sure, we did this great and that's fantastic. How can we continue towards being better all the time? So I never think that we actually are going to get to a point where like, ta-da, we're done. Right. Um, I think it's always a little bit of moving towards improvement. We could always do something better, more seamlessly, more productively. Um, and, you know, it just takes some, some willingness to sit in it. I fought yesterday with stupid Instagram all day. Yes. All day I fought with Instagram. 
five hours, I thought, with Instagram over a, one stupid little post that had music in it. And so it was a copyright issue. Wasn't just a copyright issue in the US, it was a copyright issue in Korea. So like, come on, there are certain things that you just have to play with it. And I think if you go into things with a heart of a child like that and some playfulness and not like the fate of the world hinges on this one Instagram post because it doesn't, then you give yourself the freedom to mess up and, and try it a different way without breaking the bank or busting up your family or spending all your business's money. I mean, sometimes it's just like, let's dip a toe and play with something and see how it goes. If we don't like it, then like change it. It's your business. So yeah. Yeah. I like to, uh, I like a phrase uh, we call play it out to its death, which is literally like, okay, you use your, um, I forget again what you call it. The like break it down into numbers thing that your analytical brain does that uh, I do with like a gut feeling. (laughs) The product Um, roadmap. Thank you. That. So like when you're going to try something, right? Like you break it down into, okay, I can make this into a scale of one to 10 (laughs) analytical, whichever number is highest works or whatever or lowest. Um, But I do something called play it out to its death where I go, okay, so if we made this change, so like Sam screwing with this Instagram post and it doesn't work and I've got to re-record it or I have to take a different clip out of something else that we did or whatever. So say I, I, I play it all the way out. This in, You can use it with tiny things like a post or like figuring out. For me the other day, it was figuring out something between Google Sheets and Zapier. And it turned out it was like which Google account was syncing on my computer. But that was like the, of course, it was the last thing I checked because I wouldn't check anything after I figured it out. But it took me forever to get to that point, right? I was testing everything, couldn't figure it out. And so I was playing it in my mind. I was like, okay, if I can't figure this out, what is the worst thing that can happen? Like, is it going to shut my business down? No. Is it going to cost me time and money? Maybe some time, not a lot of money, possibly money because it was a leads generating thing. But am I going to die? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if I'm not going to die, yeah. my company's not going to die and we're not going to go under keep working on it. Like keep trying it because you're going to come to a, a creative solution eventually that makes sense. Fi- like stick with itness, figure outable, whatever that, that thing that I love that you say that tenacity can be learned. I love Absolutely. that because it's, it is kind Absolutely. of a decision and there are parts of being tenacious that you can make into a habit if they're not already, like just don't fucking give up. Keep fucking going. Yeah, no. <laughs> My favorite, like, I swear that's the phrase for, for the year is like, just don't stop. As long as you keep making progress forward somehow, it's really about progress over perfection. And it's really about building momentum. Like you don't have to sell out today, but if you sold more today than you did yesterday, or at least the same, you're doing well. Or if over the course of a month, you're trending higher. Great. It's not about, did I hit a home run on the first day? It's, did I make a base hit? Did I build some kind of momentum to piggyback off of for the next day? Because that's, a, a million times better than either I got it perfect or I don't do it at all because that's a absolutely bullshit. absolutely well I and 90 percent of the game is just staying in the game oh, God. Yeah. right it's just like we get so hung up on everything I'm speaking to myself here because if there's another thing that entrepreneurship has taught me, it's like to put some of my perfectionism aside because you cannot let great get in the way of good. And you might take 
two steps forward and one step back. But progress is progress. Mm -hmm. And you just take the next best step. And when you're in that sense of like, and there's so much going on and you're feeling like the world is coming crashing down. The sky is falling. This is going to kill my business. I, again, will say the very best thing you can do is have the right kind of community around you to be like, hmm, but is it really? <laughs> Are you being dramatic right now? Like, My favorite hmm. is, can I get some objective opinions, please? Like, I need somebody who's not in this right now to look <laughs> at it and tell me that I'm not crazy sauce or that I should just give this up because I need somebody from the outside to say so. Uh-huh. I like it's good enough for what it's for. The phrase actually, I think, is it's good enough for who it's for. Um, but when you're talking about your audience or potential clientele, like that just seems like a smack in the face. So you're going to be like, I'm going to give up because it's good enough for who it's for. Like, I'm just going to throw it out and this will be good enough. But good enough for what it's for is has been massive for me and going, OK, it's not perfect, but it's an email. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. I'm going to do it, it today. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do this today. It's going to get the message across. And usually when I'm in that space where I'm like, I cannot like why do I feel like I can't get over this hump of needing this exact thing to be perfect today? And I remind myself like this is good enough for what it's for right now. Those will be the days, those will be the emails that bring in new clients. Like that'll be the thing where I'm like that was so imperfect. It was so ugly. Like it was just I had to get it done so I got it out that'll be the thing that somebody was like, not nah, felt super authentic. And I felt like I could connect with you. So I want to work with you. And it always blows my mind that like the non-perfection tends to be the thing that pulls people in. And it'll surprise you that like, it, it doesn't have to be beautiful always. It doesn't have to be perfect. Like if it works to get your message across, be done. That's good enough. Um, and not a lot of the time, it's not always about the content. Right. More times than not, it's about the consistency. So I've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot over the years. And one thing that I do tend to see in that work is that it is very easy for many entrepreneurs to get bored with that drudgery and move on to building a new product instead of pushing forward through the things that they probably already created and just didn't build a good system around it. So 90% of it is just like building your Instagram following is not going to happen in two days, gal. It's not going to. It takes some, some diligence and it takes some showing up every day. And it takes, my husband has been like, you just roll out of bed and you're on your phone first thing in the morning. I'm like, I'm working. That's my, my 20 minutes on Instagram is work, buddy. So like, you know, it takes that carving out in your day to show up in wherever your channels are. And it takes showing up there consistently. If you are not a staple in their life, they'll forget about you. They'll move on. Yep. That's top of mind. Awareness is huge. And that's it. It's about consistency. I had, I had a strategy session yesterday And she was like, I don't get the algorithms. I don't know when to post to get views. And I was like, it is not about when, honey. It's about how often. And it doesn't mean a lot. It means once a day, every day. And don't you miss a day. Because it's really about the consistency more than is it at 10 a.m. or 2 p.m. It doesn't matter. Just get something out there every single day so they don't forget about you. Because it's legitimately what happens is if you're not there right at the top of their mind. I have a group of women that are mine. Like, this is my group that I've built if I'm not consistently in there, they forget that I, I have literally had people say, like, I thought there was no promo except on Thursdays. I'm like, I run the group. 
And then I was like, shit, I got to be here more often. People don't know who I am. That's a problem. <laughs> but consistency is yeah. so key. That is so key. And, and, well, and there's a way to put yourself out there and still have people be buying a person. Yeah, for sure. Without you um, always being the perfect person that they see. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like... You know, I was always really hesitant to sort of be the face of my company, even with partners. I was just like, well, I don't want to put my face on anything. It's not about me. It's about these women. I don't want to be out there in like, what if I say the wrong thing and do the wrong thing? And they look at me. Well, guess what? It is me. Right. Not only do they want it to be me, they need it to be me. My community needs that, needs it to be me because one of the ways that we connect with our group is by being real women. Um, with real problems, hormones, husbands, children, you know, weight gain, uh, losing a parent. Like we all have these same like issues going on in our lives. They, they need a place to believe that they can still better themselves and still be seen and heard for where and where they are. So yeah, it's, it's all about consistency and showing up as you be authentic. I think authenticity is our keyword for like, mm-hmm. you know, this century in, in marketing, people just want to see in life in life. Yeah. yeah. Be, it's a lot easier. <laughs> it's not easier to just be whatever you are and don't give a shit what people think and the right people will show up. Awesome. This is awesome. I am so excited. Um, that was a lot of good takeaways. There was a lot of really good mm-hmm. advice in there from somebody who's done it y'all. Like there's, it's one thing to listen to people who like can repeat the rhetoric of whoever they've listened to last on, you know, a podcast or whatever. But, um, I mean like I can repeat Gary V and Jenna Kutcher rhetoric all day long. But until right. you've been there, you know what I mean? Like that, that is huge. So um, thank you so much for listening. Carrie's going to hang out with me and we're going to record specifically for our Power Players members. If you'd like to be a Power Player and have access to the vault of all of our experts, go to joinpowerplayers.com. And then if you want to do any of the other fun stuff that we have available for you or join our Facebook group, if you're a woman and you're like, I want to be a part of that community, fantastic. Go to powerhousepod.co and you can find the links for all those things there. Carrie. I appreciate you. Love you. Thank you so much for being here. Love you too. Thank you. Absolutely.